risen Lord Jesus. Today we celebrate in the joy of your resurrection. The stone has been rolled away. Death has been defeated. You have overcome all the powers of darkness. May we know your risen presence with us in our homes today. Amen. It had been a long night, filled with tears and sadness. The disciples had all gathered together, still in shock from the events of Friday. The trial and crucifixion still vivid in their minds. I decided to go early to the tomb, bearing spices to anoint his body for burial. It was still dark, but I could see the great stone had been rolled away. Who had done this? And where had they taken his body? I was distraught and immediately ran to tell the disciples. They didn't believe me. I couldn't blame them, to be honest. I didn't really believe it myself. But then Peter and John decided to see for themselves. I followed them to the tomb, and there they too saw the stone rolled away, and the tomb empty. After they left, I stood outside the tomb, weeping. But then I looked inside, and there were two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lain. One of them spoke, saying, Woman, why are you weeping? Why was I crying? Wasn't it obvious? I replied, I am weeping because they have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they have lain him. And someone came up behind me and said, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Well, through my tears, I thought it was the gardener. I turned to him and said, if you have taken him somewhere, please tell me where so that I may care for him. Mary, he said. That was all he needed to say, for I immediately recognised his voice. In joy, I reached out for him, exclaiming, Teacher! I would have hugged him forever, but he stopped me, saying, Do not hold on to me, for I am not yet ascended to the Father. But go, tell the disciples that I am going to ascend to my father, to your father, to my God, to your God. Well, I didn't want to leave him, but I was also so excited to share this wonderful news of Peter and the disciples. With joy I returned to them and told them that I had seen the Lord. Listen, everyone, I said. Jesus is alive, I have seen him. That's why the tomb was empty. He isn't there because he's alive. Why had we ever doubted? Jesus had told us that he was going to die, but he would return after three days. That's why the chief priests posted guards outside the tomb. Sometimes 
we can be slow to understand. So slow to recognise who is walking among us. But wonder of wonders. The cross and the tomb reveal the depth of God's love for us. This morning I arrived in darkness, bearing spices. But now I leave the garden in the bright light of faith, carrying with me memories that will last forever. Mary told Peter, Jesus is alive. Peter told the disciples, Jesus is alive. The disciples told their families, Jesus, Jesus is, is alive. alive. It's Easter morning. Jesus is with us. Jesus, Jesus is, is alive. alive.
The truth that Jesus is alive changes everything. It makes all the difference in the world. Paul, writing to the Christians in Rome, said, Thanks be to God that you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. So what were the truths that transformed their lives? Well, this is what he wrote to them in Romans chapter 6, and verses 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace.
There's a day that's drawing near When the darkness turns to the light And the shadows disappear And my faith will be my eyes Jesus is this Easter Sunday we have heard words from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans from chapter 6. Let me highlight a couple of truths that Paul reminds those who are Christians. The first truth is that we have died. Paul writes we are those who have died. Now that sounds a bit bleak, a bit dark Am I not supposed to bring a cheerful message on Easter Sunday? But what Paul writes fully is that Christians are those who have died to sin. This is anything but dark and bleak. Here is hope. The follower of Jesus, the one who has received Jesus as their Saviour and Lord, is one who is now able to no longer have to live to satisfy sin and self and self-centeredness, living to please themselves, but can now live to please God through faith. 
Easter Sunday is preceded by Good Friday, the day where the Lord Jesus hung upon the cross and gave up his life for us all. He was plunged into death. Death enveloped him. To his disciples, hope in this Messiah died with him. The cross cruelly crushed their expectations of God's salvation through his promised anointed one. There hung before the world a dead Messiah. Yet in this, God's one and only dearly beloved Son becomes the sacrifice for our sin. Today, I urge you, look upon the cross of Christ. See Christ Jesus crucified. Turn away from your sin and turn towards him. Know complete and full forgiveness and reconciliation with God. As a person places their faith in this gracious gift of Jesus as Saviour, their old selfish nature dies. Paul pictures it in three ways, as being baptised, being plunged and immersed into Jesus and his death, as being buried, our old self laid in the ground, dead and gone, as being joined together with Jesus through his death in a covenant, a promise. By placing your faith in Christ Jesus, you can know for certain that all your sin, guilt and shame is dealt with completely, removed far from you. Your slate is wiped clean. So the second truth that Paul reminds us of is that for the Christian, we now live a new life. On Easter Sunday, we are reminded that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we no longer live with sin as our master, being obedient to it, but now live with Christ as king. We can now offer ourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Because of what happened on Easter Sunday, ours is the hope of the resurrection to new and eternal life in Christ Jesus. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Today, you can know not only forgiveness, but also new purpose, newness of life and life that is eternal. In our world today, in our land, there is much fear, much trial and trouble. But may each one of us place our faith in God through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and know forgiveness and new life in him. The life that you now live, if you are a follower of Jesus, you can now live for God. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God 
in Christ Jesus.
Will you join me in prayer? Father God, we come to you this morning as your people, aware of our frailty and vulnerability, perplexed, anxious, and sometimes a bit frightened by events, and ask for your protection, not just for ourselves, but for the whole of your creation from this plague that threatens us. Lord, if you're teaching us something, Give us discernment to hear your message. And if your creation has been abused, help us to see that, confess our folly and raise up prophets to share the message. Meanwhile, we pray for comfort for children orphaned, men and women widowed and parents mourning the loss of a child. We pray for protection for all whose work makes them especially vulnerable to disease and those who continue to serve others. We pray for the populace of countries where medical facilities are poor and pray your caring for medical missionaries serving them. We think of Clare Bedford particularly. Lord, we ask that in this time of economic chaos, the poor and those with no savings to help them may be protected and that those who have much may be caring and generous towards them. Father, at this time of Easter, we ponder how Jesus could take in his death, our punishment, and we share in his victorious resurrection and triumph over death. The effect of sin is indeed widespread and long, and the cost of salvation priceless. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we look forward to your return in triumph, when all your creation will celebrate your reign of righteousness, justice, mercy, goodness and creativity. And we shall join in the chorus. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.
The Lord is risen. He, he is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed.
Thank you.